Yes, indeed, welcoming your home improvement type of questions either by phone or by text. Let me give you the phone number and the text number. Same number, 651-989-9226. As we say, good morning and happy spring to Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing great. You, Denny? Yeah, really good. Nice day, a little breezy, but uh, but we'll take it. A beautiful, beautiful day. Well, how are things with Lindis Construction? I'm, I'm looking at that forecast and what we always like to talk about, you know, what your crews are going to be facing and as far as crews customers as well. Uh, but it's been pretty good. I, I would imagine that people, your crews are getting things done. Yes, it's a uh, full steam ahead for us. Uh, you know, uh, all uh, any type of winter layoffs that we had or any uh, type of weather restrictions that we had, we're able to do some things. Still have some road restrictions out there, so getting materials delivered and uh, getting full dumpsters removed from jobs might be a little bit difficult over the next month or so. But outside of that, uh, I think uh, we'll have every crew uh, working uh, as many uh, on as many projects as we possibly can over the next month or so. Yeah, looks looks real good. Uh, again, if you have uh, any kind of a home improvement question, maybe you're in the middle of a project or you're thinking about tackling one and you need a tip or two, 651-989-9226. Uh, we're already getting text uh, messages as well, Andy. Somebody uh, sent, not a text, but sent me an email. I don't have it in front of me, but I'll just uh, just remember they they said, you and I talk about uh, your attic insulation and how Lindis will uh, come to your home and they'll check things out. This he or she wanted to know uh, the procedure. Explain your procedure of how does Lindis examine my attic space? Was the question. Well, uh, first and foremost, we're going to want to look at the house in, in its entirety. So, uh, believe it or not, we're also going to want to inspect your basement and see how the actual rim is sealed up. When we get in the attic, we're going to look for a vapor barrier. We're going to measure. Uh, how much insulation you have. Sometimes there's some calculations we have to do because we'll go in there and we'll find two, three, four, sometimes five different types of insulation. All of them carry a different R value. So we'll figure out the exact R value of their attic. And then we're going to take infrared imaging and we have cameras that we can use and move throughout the attic and, and really get a good look at what's going on in there. And we'll know exactly what type of ventilation that they have. You know, Denny, a lot of times when we get into attics, we see that people have added vents over the years, added insulation over the years. And a lot of times these things are all, you know, have good intentions, but they cause more harm than good. Take uh, adding a power vent to an area that already has gable vents and other box vents. Sometimes all that, that those vents are doing is they're actually start to pull air in side vents that are meant for outtake. So you just have air circling at the top of the roof. Meanwhile, all of that warm air that's escaping from your house is causing damage somewhere else in the attic. So that warm air is meeting a cold surface, causing condensation. And we're getting a lot of calls right now, people saying they have black spots in their ceilings and they think it's roof leaking. Typically, it's a lot more to do with insulation, ventilation, and condensation than anything to do with a shingle problem. Yeah, I believe that. Uh I'm just looking at uh, the signal here. All right, uh, Gary is calling in, Andy, from New Brighton, I believe, this morning. Gary, you're on with Andy Lindis. Thanks for calling. What's your question? Uh, Thanks for taking my call. I have a new roof and new shingles. I have a new roof and new gutters. And I'm wondering, I have uh, the angled portion of my roof where the gutter isn't uh, in place. Uh, When it rains, the water drips from that. And I'm wondering if that's 
normal and if that's something that uh, is something I should have or if that's something that should be corrected. And I'm wondering if that's normal and if that's something that uh, is something I should have or if that's something that should be corrected. So like the, the, the edge of the roof that leads up to the peak, um, the gable side that's typically called, usually you don't need any gutters. And the water that you're seeing running there is usually from wind-driven rain. And if, there, if the rain's coming from that area and it's hitting the fascia board, it can look like that's dripping there. If it's running off the roof, maybe there's an upper roof that runs onto that area of the roof and you're getting some overshoot that way. That can maybe be handled with a deflector. This is uh, one of those spots, though, Denny, where when we talk about how we install roofing uh, mm-hmm. on that edge and we put ice and water shield over the top of the roof edge, and people always think that's overkill. But when you think of, especially if you if they have a, like a peak that's western-facing, typically is where we find the most rot in those areas, that wind-driven rain can actually get underneath the shingles and the roof edge, and it can sit there on that roof deck. We see a lot of rot in that area. So what we'll do is when we install the roof edge, we'll actually take ice and water shield, cut it in half. It's only a foot and a half wide, and that's all really that you would need. And then we're going to seal that to the roof decking and then put the tiger paw over the top of that so it gives you a nice, good drainage plane. All right. Speaking of roofing, this uh, listener says, when re-roofing, how do you deal with satellite TV dishes? In your opinion, is it preferable to not have a dish on the roof to begin with? You know, yes and no. Um, it's usually something we're running into on about half of our jobs. It seems less and less. A lot more people are going to Internet TV and things like that, so we're, we're not running into satellite dishes nearly as much as we did maybe five years ago. But we have companies that we can work with that they need to get replaced or fixed, but uh, we have things that we can do with flashings and work around those, those satellite dishes, something that we, again, we're going to see on about half the roofs that we install this year. Okay. Call in or text in your home improvement questions, same number, 651-989-9226. Andy, this listener says, we have a patio under a second-story deck. Is there a product that we can use to hide the under-deck structure that is attractive without being wood? Um, yes, there's there's a few products that you can, can install. Um and we have installed, I don't know, four or five different types of products, including just regular metal roofing tin on the underside. They all need some type of guttering, and they're all going to need some type of maintenance. If you think you're going to be able to build a completely dry area, I would, I would rethink that. There's going to be some leaking that usually happens. There's some debris that gets in there that's going to have to be cleaned out, and when that's not cleaned out, that's when the leaks typically happen. So give yourself some type of access. We don't install a lot of these. It's not a product that we, we highly recommend because of the maintenance and the and the service issues that we've had on them over the last 15 years. But there are some things you can do to make that a little bit more livable space. It's just if you're thinking it's going to be perfect, just uh, keep that in mind. Okay. This texture says, good morning to my favorite Saturday radio show. Love that. All right. I moved, in, moved into a, a new townhouse about two years ago. I noticed some nails starting to come through the sheetrock. First, is this normal? What causes this? What can we do? Builder only had a year warranty. That's repairable, right? It is. It is. Uh, Nail pops are something that that happens as homes move and expansion and contraction 
things of that nature. And sometimes it's not ever going to go away. They're, they're, they may continue to move. There's some things that we can do in the repair to make that area maybe not come back as fast, but usually it's something that you, you might see happen periodically over the length of however long you live in the house. But it's a pretty easy fix. Any drywall repair company can come out and, and give you an estimate on that and, and, and go from there. Now, if it's something you want to fix this year, this year and you're talking about with drywall repair companies, I would start now because their lead times seem to be getting farther and farther out as, uh, as, as we're looking here. So if you, if you want it, want it fixed soon, uh, on, on those types of things, those smaller repairs, I would start looking now. And if you want to try to do it yourself, um, like I've done a hundreds of times is Google it mm-hmm. and you can yeah. see the procedure. It's, it's relatively simple and, uh, uh, give it a shot. If you, uh, yeah, if you and, and you know, with some of the months that you can get at, at the box stores, too, they make it pretty easy to, you know, they change colors as they dry. The, the sanding things can be pretty easy. Just know that whatever wall you're working on, don't think that you're going to be able to prime and just spot paint. Plan on painting that entire wall once you, once you fix those nail pops. You'll be glad you did it that way for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy, hang on. We're going to take a break here, inviting our listeners, of course, to join in either by phone or by text. Uh, your home improvement questions, 651-989-9226. We'll get you in here to CCO Radio. And in the Twin Cities on this first day of spring, we have moved to 39 degrees. We are on our way to 59. Stay with us on News Talk A3OWCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show, brought to us every week in the 9 o'clock hour by our friends at Lindus Construction, L-I-N-D-U-S, Andy Lindus, helping you out as usual today. Uh, we have a line open if you want to call it in or just send a text with your home improvement question, 651-989-9226, for either the phone or the text. Uh, Andy, we've got uh, callers. Let's uh, get to it, and texters, too. Let's see. Tommy, I believe, is first up here calling from... Uh, Minneapolis. Tommy, you're on with Andy. Oh, Hello. love uh, Home Remodeler also. I'm ah, sorry? Thanks. Yeah, they're great. Uh, so I had an inspection on a house that I'm looking to purchase. Uh, it did show some mold up in the attic, and apparently there used to be a bathroom fan right above the shower blowing directly into the attic. That'll do uh, it. That's, that's now gone. Their fan is gone, but they were straight up with me and said that's what was there. Is there a way to remediate the mold? Yeah, it's usually pretty easy fix, especially if it's just surface mold. You know, um, it might be even something that you can go at yourself with a with a bleach concentrate. Just follow the directions on the bottle, make sure the area is, is well ventilated. But there are some mold remediation companies around the Twin Cities you can you can look at hiring as well. If it, it all depends on how much damage was actually caused by that bath fan. Now, if it's if the mold is extensive and the wood itself is damaged from the moisture that was created by that bath fan, then you might be into a whole different types of type of fix. So, it might be worth getting a professional out there to give you an actual number on what it's going to take to fix it. I missed that first segment of what Tommy said. What what did I miss? What he, when he mentioned to you about something, and I, I did not hear it. Uh, I think it was the Today's Home Remodeler TV show that that we have running on uh, WCCO oh, yeah. TV. Oh, yes. Good show. 
Yeah, hey, we yeah. did one of those at your house years ago, remember? Uh, yes, I so do. It was, a, it was a good show, all about roofing yeah. and insulation. That was fun. Yeah, I can't believe, yeah. Um, let's see, who's next? Mike is calling in from uh, Oakdale, I believe, this morning. Thanks for waiting, Mike. What's your question for Andy Lindis? Good morning. Um, last July, I had a driveway poured, and over the winter, the driveway raised up by the garage slab, and it buckled all my brick molding trim. Oh, no. I had uh, the contractor come over about two weeks ago, and he looked at it, and he says, do you have any tin snips? So when I was looking for some tin snips, he got his reciprocating saw, and he just butchered my uh, brick molding. So you figure he's responsible for this, for the driveway lifting? It's only been in there for about six months. Uh, he's the one that installed the driveway? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if um, if 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 you know if if you have a very if you have water management issues that weren't addressed that you were you were supposed to, but usually on the front end when when you deal with with your your base and how you you get that prepped for the driveway, yeah. shouldn't be something that 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 you run into, and and definitely the the fix with the brick mold might be something that you, you want to address, regardless. There's a way to get this driveway to not do this again, but it's going to usually come with the, at least taking out one section of the driveway or so. I can tell you this. Um, I have a very, let's say, a bigger than normal driveway area that we did with concrete. And, and you know, concrete's going to crack in areas. It's just what, what, what concrete does. But what, how it's installed and how the rebar is installed and what you did with the base and with the water management um, – I'm three years in now, and I've, I haven't had my concrete driveway hasn't moved at all, and I have some of the worst water areas that you can think of with drainage come through. But the, the guys really thought it out and, and sloped it in the right way, and, and we used the right concrete mix. You know, that can be a lot that, – that, that plays a big factor into it as well. But I would uh, definitely have, have your concrete guy out there and take a look at it and go from there. If not, uh, maybe look at getting a different contractor. Wow, that's frustrating. Whew. Yeah, All right. not fun. Uh, let's do this, Andy. I know we're, we would have to, uh, we won't have to, we want to, to look at this forecast. It looks pretty good, could get some rain this week. But let's do that. Let's take this bottom of the hour break. Uh, we have more texters, we have more callers. And there's a line open, though, if you want to call in your question, 651-989-9226. We'll take this break, be back with more Home Improvement Talk here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Temperature reading 39. Good morning. Welcome back to our home improvement show. Denny Long here with Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, now's your chance. You can either call it in, there's a line open, or send a text. Here's the number for either, 651-989-9226. All right, Andy, I think, let's see, Randy, I believe, is uh, hanging on the line there and calling in from Bloomington. Thanks, Randy. What's your question for uh, Andy? Oh, Randy's gone. Oh, all right. Well, then, let's grab a text. And let's see, where did we leave off here? Ba-bum-bum. I have a kitchen, texter says, kitchen wall that is cantilevered out over the foundation, 16 feet wide, 2 feet deep, one foot off the ground. 
in the winter, the kitchen pipes freeze. How can I insulate this to prevent this? It comes from Mark from uh, Maple Grove. Uh, it's usually uh, a pretty easy job, actually. And and I wouldn't want to try to pack it with with fiberglass unless you're going to use some type of dense pack material in there. The best fix for these cantilever areas have been removing the soffit from the outside and then spray foaming that area and really sealing it off and it makes a giant difference usually that floor is colder in those areas and and we do get our fair share of pipes freezing in the walls especially when you have those days like when we were were touching almost 30 below denny those days and is when we usually get those calls and it can make a big difference. Even like when it's 50 degrees outside, you can notice that that floor being colder than than the rest of the house. So I, I, it's worth exploring and it's worth fixing. Uh, those are some of the my, my favorite projects because of the difference you actually make in the house. Those are the ones where people call me, oh, I can't believe I lived with that cold floor for this long. <laughs> it, uh, it, it can make a big difference. You know, our kitchen, you may or may not remember, is cantilevered out. And before Lindis came in a few years ago to insulate all the other things with those lighting things we've talked about, that uh, we used to get frozen pipes, and you could open the bottom drawer, and I wouldn't say the bread or whatever else was in there mm-hmm. was frozen. But uh, what a difference that, uh, yeah. that insulation could make. Yeah, like we we live like this? Uh, I know. And why? All right, Randy is back, I think, uh, calling in from Bloomington. Sorry we missed him before. Randy, what is uh, your question for Andy Lindis? Yeah, sorry for dropping off. Um, I have two questions regarding skylights. Um, we have a lake home with vaulted ceilings, and um, there's two skylights on the north side. I think the original owners put them in there to get more light into the building. It's got mm-hmm. a dark panel, so it's kind of dark in there. And so just kind of first question, what's your opinion on skylights? And then... Because they all say they're going to sail eventually, but, you know, these have been there for 30 years and never had a problem. And the second question is, is it okay to put skylights on the south-facing part of the roof, too? Because you get more wind, you know, and sun and that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a giant fan of skylights. I, I have some in my own home, and when installed properly with uh, the right flashing kits, they can last a long time. You can get 30 years without them without them failing. The, the Velux skylights that are made right now are very, very high quality, good, good skylights that, that I think can last a long time if installed properly. Where people are having problems with, with skylights is the re- reusing of flashing kits when you, when you do the roof or the, you just try to go up there and silicone the areas that, that need to be or a glass pack fails and that doesn't get fixed. So now the, the thermal break isn't as good as what it, what it needs to be. So those skylights will frost up and then that's when you get the discoloration on the wood, all of those types of things that are there's kind of unsightly. But skylights, when installed right and maintained, you should get 20, 30 years out of them. And I'd have no problem putting them on a, on a soft slope. Very good. Thank you, Randy. The line is open, 651-989-9226. Brenda is next up here calling in from Brainerd this morning. Thanks, Brenda. What's your question, please? Yes, hello. Um, I'm, I'm getting two different opinions here. I have a fiberglass bath bay, and in that bath bay I have Delta fixtures. Um, one plumber says if you're going to take those out and update those, you're going to have to replace Delta with Delta, um, or you're going to have a hole in your wall where I have to go in to look at the valves. 
Another plumber says it doesn't make any difference if you replace delta with delta or delta with Kohler or Moan, whatever. You're still going to have a hole in the wall. Could you give me your opinion on that? Well, it would depend on the the type of hookup and where the valve is. Um, now, I I would lean towards being okay more with the hole in the wall and see what kind of fix you can get with the hole in the wall and redoing the plumbing the right way. Um, I more lean on uh, what the what the second guy is saying, especially if, if you're, you know, the my experience is that 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 first brand is is isn't a brand that you that people are happy with long term. Now, one of those second two brands, Kohler Moan, um, you're going to be happy with for a very long time. And some of the other configurations that you can get with shower heads and things you can do with Kohler, it's, boy, you know. And so it's almost like a car wash nowadays when we're redoing these bathrooms, Denny. We got, we got <laughs> shower heads coming at you from every direction and, 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 and you name it. But uh, I know our, our people that get Kohler seem to be very, very happy with it. So take that for what it is. If it were me, I'm going to be okay with uh, with doing it all the right way and getting in there where that valve is and replacing everything that needs to be replaced because I'm thinking I'm going to redo this and, and I should get 15, 20 years out of it. It should be the last time I have to mess with my bathroom. If you're just talking about replacing your fixtures, you might be talking about doing that again a couple years down the road. Yeah, good point. <laughs> a car wash. It's a good analogy. Uh, <laughs> this uh, texture says this, we sprayed... Uh, insulation into our attic soon after we moved in over 25 years ago. Do you suggest doing that, or what would work best for our 1950s Rambler as far as insulation in the attic? You know, a lot of it would have to do with uh, the existing insulation, one, how how thick it is, and do you have a vapor barrier installed, and what type of air infiltration is happening in the attic? Believe it or not, the, the... like we talked about earlier in the show, Denny, we, we're, we're addressing your ventilation and the attic air sealing. More often than not, those are the two main problems. Not, not the amount of insulation, the R value in the attic. Those things all seem to be kind of okay. It's never really to the R60 that we would recommend, but it's close enough. It's the, the air that's escaping from your house that's allowed to get into the attic and with the ventilation, how that air is allowed to get out of the attic, that seems to be the majority of the problems. So... Getting in there, sealing up those spots, and adding the right type, uh, type of ventilation and intake to make sure that you have the right intake coming in the soffits. And then taking the rest of your insulation, getting it up to R60 is, is where we're at. But again, these estimates are free. The heat map analysis that we do in your attic is free. We can get in there. We'll measure it up. We'll tell you exactly what you have and what we can do to make them better. Yeah, it's a good deal. Uh, this texture says this, Andy, is standing seam steel roof. 26 feet wide, 17-foot run, 412 pitch. The vent stack damage from the snow. There was a vent stack damage. The snow blocks the door when the snow sheds. Any experience mm-hmm. do you have with snow guards or rails? Yes. Um, there's a, a couple different styles that we've used over the years. The ones that we recommend are usually attached to the, the rib system of our metal roofing now depending on the type of metal roofing that you have how wide the panels are you might have to get the type of snow bars that are actually attached through the roofing know that those are sealed up and should be checked on an annual basis to make sure that the caulking or the sealant isn't failing and you know and it's just something that you're going to have to get up there and use but they can make a big difference in how fast the snow comes down it's still going to allow snow to come down but in certain areas you just don't want it to all come down at once because it can wreck gutters. It can 
Well, you know, I've heard of you know some people getting buried in snow avalanches, and we've <laughs> yeah. seen it uh, in in some of our properties. Denny, we get a heavy snow load on, on, and we've designed the roofs to be away from the doors and things of that nature. But boy, oh boy, that that snowbank can sometimes reach the the eave on on these big you know when we get a foot 16 inches of snow sure. at one time it's it's a lot of snow that comes down there so Absolutely. but it can be addressed with snow bars we do it all the time and have pretty good success with it all right thank you for that text let's go back to the phones andy i think linda is calling in from litchfield this morning thank you linda what's your question please oh linda's gone <laughs> okay is dropping dropping out all right i tell you what we need to take a break anyway so linda if we um, messed up here call us back Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Andy, hang on. We'll take this break. Be right back with more phone calls and text messages here on our Home Improvement Show on News Talk eight three zero. This is W. And good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. We are here on CCO every Saturday in the nine o'clock hour. Thanks to our friends at Lindis Construction, Andy Lindis. Uh, doing the heavy lifting this morning. If you uh, have any kind of a home improvement question, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. All right, Andy, let's see what we have here. Uh, This listener says, uh, installing a new bathroom vanity besides the back wall, should it be screwed into the floor as well? No. No, I didn't think so. No, I don't think that's necessary. Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, we got a bunch of them here. Uh, this texter says, I have a 30-year-old roof that has never been replaced uh, due to storm damage, although all the other roofs in the neighborhood have. How do I know when it's time to replace it without waiting for serious water damage to occur first? I'll be paying for it on my own, texter says. You know, there's some telltale signs that that your roof needs to go, whether it's the cracking of the shingles, the granule loss. There's there's some things that we can look at with the flashing and some things that we can find out by looking in the attic as well. Um, I can tell you this. People are always surprised when we come out and do inspections and uh, and look at the roof and we get down and be like, you know, you, you probably have another four or five years left on this roof if you want. But looking at what roofing pricing is doing and where asphalt roofing has gone year after year after year. Uh, if you look at what it cost uh, five years ago to do a roof compared to right now, you you would have wished that you did the roof five years ago. So um, literally five years ago, Dan, you're probably saving 30 40%, maybe even more on your roof costs than what it costs right now. Wow. So if you look at that uh, five years from now, that new roof might cost you five $6,000 more than it would right now. But those are decisions that we always leave up to the homeowner. We let them know how long a life the roof has left to live, what we're finding up there. We're going to take video. We're going to do an inspection and leave it all with you and let you make a decision and go from there. I know this is somewhat off the subject, but those uh, great GAF shingles that we have in our house and other people Mm -hmm. have in theirs, that's such a tremendous warranty. We haven't talked about that for a while. Tell us about that. You know, it it really is uh, as bulletproof of a warranty as as it comes. I mean, 50 years covers everything, and we're the only contractor that also couples that with a 50-year workmanship warranty. So no matter what, and and over the last uh, 15 or so years, Denny, I've had, I think, three warranty claims now, and every single time it's been zero out-of-pocket expense for the customer, which is important, and it's a painless thing. 
like I, I don't know of any other manufacturer that I've ever worked with that that makes the warranty claim process that easy. And you mean Lance, my guy, will meet me at the job, look at it, and goes, "Yep, nope, this is our bad. We'll get you a new roof." And then a week later, we're putting a new roof on. <laughs> so it's, it really is a great warranty that that covers you and the next homeowner. Yeah, it is. Really is. Uh, okay, listener says this. Hello, what's the best way to uh, insulate a basement block wall to avoid mold and moisture issues? What do you think? Well, um, all depends on how it's insulated from the outside, too. Sometimes if, if you don't have the proper, proper groundbreaker and, and things like that, that we can do along your rim. And sometimes it's just actually insulating the rim, that exposed part, to make sure that the air can't come in there. Now, putting things over block walls, it's never never been a giant fan of, and, and I don't think that does a lot with your insulation, but insulating the rim and any type of crawl space, things like that that are coming in contact with the cold, I think makes a bigger difference in your basement than, than the actual block wall. If you look at like the other text that we have, Denny, that's, that seems to be a be the theme, how to insulate those areas. People are their, their front entryways or per, certain areas of their, their, their basements or their houses usually – it's because you have an uninsulated, unconditioned space coming into contact with a conditioned space. So that's usually the cause of the cold floor, the draft, or the cold area in, in your house that you want to get rid of. And Sometimes it's an easy fix. Sometimes it's, it's a lot more extensive than, than you want or than, than it's worth it. I looked at one the other day, Denny. It was, it was $5,000 in just excavation work in order to even start the installation. When you start to factor in those costs, all of a sudden you, you can live with a cold floor a little bit more than you thought you could. Isn't that true? On a related text, uh, again, what you just said, I live in a condo, this listener says, where when you come in the front door, you can go up a full flight of stairs or down two steps to a lower level. The entryway in the winter stays very cold, very, very cold. Uh, It has a tile floor. The area underneath the stairway is also very cold, goes all the way back underneath the entryway. What, question is, can I put under there to keep it warmer? What kind of insulation? Is there a, well, a, a way to do that, fix that? Yeah, you know, and, and any type of insulation might make it make a difference, but you're going to want to find out exactly where the cold is coming from. If, if I'm envisioning this right, their, their, their entryway or their steps, their, their whole basement actually extends out into that area, and it's, an un, it's a conditioned area that doesn't seem to be insulated. Uh, if you can insulate that crawl space that, that comes into contact with your entryway, it can probably make a big difference in, in how warm that floor is. The other thing you might want to look into if you can't get to that area is if it's a smaller tile floor, you can redo the tile floor area and put down one of the electric mats and just make it a heated floor. That can make a giant difference in that area. It's not that costly to run a, an electric mat in a small area as far as the electricity that you're going to be using. And, and just making even that floor 65 degrees on the constant can make a big difference in how comfortable that room is. Interesting. We just had another text, uh, basically the same thing. We've already answered it. What can I do to make it warmer even because there's no basement underneath this freezing entryway? Well, that's, that's, uh, that's one, uh, one avenue. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a crawl space. You know, that's, believe it or not, we get, we get called out to look at crawl spaces on, on a very regular basis. Weekly basis, we're looking at crawl spaces and how we can insulate them and make it more comfortable in the wintertime. You know, if, uh, if we'd only thought that building an uninsulated floor in an area of the world that gets below zero as much as it does, 
is, is not a very smart thing when we were building these 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, whatever the case may be. It would have made our lives a lot easier, but usually there's some shoveling and some other things involved before we can even insulate those areas, but we do, do our best to make it a much more livable area. We have about two minutes to go, Andy, uh, and once in a while we'll get questions about uh, how far, where will Lindis go or won't go as far as doing any work. This uh, question is about uh, Detroit Lakes area to a cabin. Maybe we should talk about, uh, you know, the, the, the borders of, of where Lindis will travel. And certainly you know other construction people that you would recommend as well. Oh, for sure. Usually uh, anywhere in Minnesota or even one of some of the surrounding states, we can, we can do our best to recommend you a, a, a good contractor to work with. But we'll, we'll get about, yeah, you know, we'll go as far west as like Monticello. We have an office in the, we'll go as far south as the Rochester area. We have some people that we work with in the Winona area down to Mankato as far uh, east as Eau Claire, Wisconsin, up to Hayward, Wisconsin. We even, you know, we did get up to Lake Vermilion last year and did, did a metal roof for a customer, Denny, but uh, it was on a very agreeable day and, and, uh, but it was uh, it looked like a fun project to do, and I got all my roofers up there and did it. So every now and then we do get outside of our our comfort zone of the the Twin Cities. We get talked into some things, but the the, the Twin Cities metro areas are our core area of doing business for sure. Absolutely. And in our last sixty seconds to go, let's uh, let's tell about the, some of that fifty percent off deal. Tell us about that. Uh, the installation of Infinity Windows by Marvin GAF Asphalt Roofing Leaf Guard Gutters. And, uh, of course, our, our season guard windows as well. So you, there's some really good deals to be had right now. And uh, in, in knowing what material prices are doing this year, I'd, uh, I, I'm safe to say that there's never going to be a cheaper time to, to buy home improvements or to build a home than it is right now. I, I know people are worried about material prices, but they're going to be more expensive a year from now. And in the 20 or 30 seconds or less, Texas says, I built a 3 by 5 island for my cabin. What's the best way to secure it in place? What do you think? Um, you know, uh, sometimes you, you don't have to secure it in place at all. You can leave it there, but just, just getting it secured to the floor, into a floor joist uh, in a few spots should be, should be just fine. That'll anchor it. Andy, great to talk with you as usual. Let's do this again next week. What do you say? Sounds good. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction. Yeah, you want to get in touch with those good folks. Easiest number to remember is 1-800-LEAFGUARD, or you want to check them out on the web, too. That's uh, lindisconstruction.com. On this first day of spring, here in the Twin Cities, we expect highs near 59 degrees. going to be a windy day tonight and tomorrow, high tomorrow around 61. Right now, skies are fair, and the humidity at 60. Our current CCO temp, 39 degrees. Stay with us.